for today. We're going to have two Bible readings. The first is Psalm 8. And as we read, we remember this is God's word. To the chief musician on the instrument of Gath, a psalm of David. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honour. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Amen. We thank God for this reading from his truth. Uh, Boys and girls, This service, I've kind of put it together, that you're involved at all parts. So there's no children's talk and sermon today. I'm kind of blending the two together. So you can stay uh, where you are for today. Um, And I'm going to speak to to everybody. I'll stay up here and we'll we'll speak uh, all together at once. I'm sure that many of you know this, but one of the amazing things about living out in the countryside that you don't get in the town or the city, is that there is very little light pollution. Uh, Maybe you've lived in the country your whole life and you didn't realise that there's a difference, but at night time, if you're in a town or a city, the stars in the sky just aren't as visible uh, because of the light coming up from all of the buildings and the vehicles. Uh, Where we live in Gerrits Pass, we still get a little bit of bleed over from, from Newry, even though it's quite... Uh, far away, but still there's a little bit of light pollution from, from Newry for us. But whenever we were away over the summer in the wilds of Connemara, the night sky was absolutely stunning. On the evenings where there was no cloud cover, you were able to look up and you could actually see across the sky a very clear band of the Milky Way galaxy. Have you ever looked up at the stars at night and just been blown away? It's, it's amazing, isn't it? To, to see the sky at night, all the stars. And there's something, I think, in the human brain which causes us to, to think about what we are in such a vast universe. There's this massive sky with, with millions and billions of stars. And here I am. This tiny little person standing on a rock rotating around one of the smaller stars in the galaxy. Some of you may have heard of something called the Goldilocks principle. 
I don't know, boys and girls, if you've heard of the, the Goldilocks principle, you've heard of Goldilocks. She didn't like her porridge too hot or too cold. She liked it just in the middle, just right. Well, in astrophysics and, and biology, they refer to the Goldilocks principle for Earth. The Earth sits in a place within the galaxy and within the solar system that is just right. It's not too hot and it's not too cold. It's just in the right place to sustain life. And that's where we are. We sit in the right place within our galaxy and solar system. The only place where life can be sustained. Now we know it's because God has designed the universe in this way. But that doesn't diminish the wonder of it all. In fact, I, I think it increases the wonder of it all. Who am I that God should care to place me in this time and space to give me life and to bless me that I can know him? I think it's pretty cool to know that thousands of years ago, King David was thinking exactly the same thing. We just read it in, in Psalm 8, verses 3 and 4. David says, When I consider your heavens, when I consider the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? The psalmist is asking the same questions as we often ask whenever we're out on a clear night in the countryside and we look at the stars and we wonder, oh God, where do I fit in all of this? Why have you made me? What am I here for? And why, oh why, God, do you even care? As we begin a new term in King's Mills, and many of us are heading off to something new. Maybe it's a new school year. For those who were at Kings Mills Primary School, there's a whole new school to start. For some, it might be a new university career or maybe a new job. Or just this fresh feeling that comes from it being September and the kids are going back to school, summer's over. There's a, there's a new feeling in the air, isn't there, at this time of year? As we begin anew, I thought it would be good for us to have a think today about our place and our purpose in the world. To seek God and ask of his word, God, what's it all about? What is our purpose in life? Why are we here on this planet? And as we begin this new year, we're, we're going to start at the beginning of the Westminster Shorter Catechism. It outlines for us rather neatly an answer to these questions. It's my plan uh, that we're going to be using the Shorter Catechism on a, a weekly basis during the children's talk. Um, we're going to be using this uh, slightly updated, slightly modernised version. Some of the language is a wee bit different. Um, it was put together by a few people, uh, one of whom is a, an Irish Presbyterian minister from Larn. Uh, ben Preston, and uh, another is a, a Presbyterian minister who's from Ukraine and, and he works in, in Poland. And uh, Sachko has very close connections 
with Rich Hill Presbyterian Church. If you want a copy of this, you can buy it from ICM. You can buy it from the Evangelical Bookshop. You can go online and get it. And even if you want, you can say to me and I'll, I'll try and get you a copy. It is beautifully illustrated. I hope you can, you can see that uh, from the, the screens. And alongside that, well, we, we no longer have Rebecca working with us. And uh, I know we really appreciated uh, the family devotions that Rebecca made uh, every week. And I, I sent those out with our announcements. And I don't want to leave any families in the lurch. If you've gotten used to doing those, I want to try and help you uh, with that. Um, so speak to me if you're one of those families. I would really, really uh, love to hear from you about that. There's this excellent book. I've got a copy of it here. Uh, and again, I'll try and get you a, a copy of this book. It's called Training Hearts and Teaching Minds. Um, and it's a family, it's a book of family devotions based on the Shorter Catechism. So as we work through the Shorter Catechism in our uh, children's talks, um, this will complement that for you uh, in, your, in your family. So speak to me if you want to get a copy of that book as well. For today, um, a little bit different from normal. Uh, I've kind of tried to build this whole service around the Shorter Catechism, the first question and answer from the Shorter Catechism. Um, you know it. Most people who are Presbyterian know the first question and answer in the Shorter Catechism. It, it might be the only question and answer we know from the Catechism, but we know this one. The language, as I say, is a little bit updated. What is man's foremost purpose in life? Man's foremost purpose in life is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. I would love it if we can have a go at saying the answer to this question together, folks. I'm sure you can cope with that. So I'm going to ask the question and then you try and respond with the answer. It's on the screen for you so you can read it out if you don't know it already. What is man's foremost purpose in life? Man's foremost purpose in life is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Very good. I think we'll, we'll try and do that uh, on a weekly basis as a congregation. Uh, boys and girls, that's what we're going to be thinking through. Um, we're, in a few moments, we're going to be thinking about what that means for all of us. Uh, for the... We're going to turn to our Bibles again. And read this time from another of Paul's letters from Ephesians and chapter 2. I'm going to read the first 10 verses of Ephesians chapter 2. This is God's word. And you, he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. 
But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Amen. We thank God again for the blessing that comes by reading his truth. I'm going to pray before we come to look at this passage together. Let's pray. Our gracious God, we thank you again that you have given us the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments and that these words are life to those who find them. We pray as we examine your word together that by the power of your Holy Spirit you would help us to understand, to believe and to stand upon the truth of the scriptures in our daily lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to ask you a question. I don't need a a response, although if you want to give it, I'll I'll be happy uh, to hear one. Have you ever made anything? Have you ever made anything? Think about something you have made. Think about something you personally have made. Maybe it was a cake. Maybe you baked a cake. Maybe you've made a, a piece of furniture. Maybe you've made some artwork. Maybe you're the kind of person who works with your hands for a living and you're making things all the time. Whatever it was, my guess is that you had a reason for making it. That there was a purpose. You didn't just make something for no reason, but you had a purpose for that. Maybe simply it was to please somebody or please even yourself. Maybe your parents or your teachers, boys and girls, maybe you were asked to make something. Maybe you made it for the purpose that it could be used to help you in some way. Many of you will be aware uh, that we, uh, the Maguires, have a wee caravan. And, and since we bought that caravan, I have worked hard at kind of renovating the caravan, making new cabinets and a table and beds, worktops in the caravan, all that kind of thing. And everything in the caravan was made for a purpose. The main purpose is so that we can get away in the caravan on our holidays. We can be comfortable in it. Some of the things have a very specific purpose. Some things are just nice to look at. And so they were made for that purpose. Well, friends, 
It is the same with God's creation. When God made the world, he made it for a purpose. He made it so that it would do something. The Psalms wonderfully help us figure out what that purpose is. Listen to Psalm 19 and verse 1. You'll be familiar with this verse. Psalm 19 verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God. And the firmament shows his handiwork. Firmament is another word for earth or or ground, the solid foundation we stand on. You can tell what this verse is saying. It's telling us that the heavens and the earth show God's handiwork. That everything we can see as we look out the windows were made to declare or display God's glory. We don't have to look out the windows to see that. We can see it even in this this room that we're in. God made the world to show his glory. I want you to think about that like a a painter or, or a sculptor. Somebody who makes something beautiful for other people to see. And they do it so that they can show other people what's going on in their mind. To show a a little bit of their brilliance or a little bit of their skill. In a way, it's to display the glory of that painter or sculptor. God did that when he made the world and everything in it. This whole universe displays the glory of God. And what Psalm 8 told us is that the crowning glory of God's creation... The very pinnacle showing forth his glory is when he made mankind. He made them male and female in his own image. He created them. And so as amazing as this sounds, just think about this. God created you and me to show his glory. God created you To show his glory. I think it's really important for us to understand that God does not need us. He doesn't need us. God did not make us because he was lonely and wanted some company. He didn't make us because he needed us to worship him. God does not need anything. That's what the Bible says in Acts chapter 17. But God made us to display his glory. And so we have a purpose. What is our purpose in life? Well, we've just said it together. It's to glorify God and enjoy him forever. That's the thing we were made for. You see, you and I, we're incredibly complex beings. We all know that. Boys and girls, you you know this. We, We can do all sorts of things, can't we? We can run and jump and do awesome air kicks. We can eat, we can drink, we can be merry. We can chat and we can play and we can laugh. We can cry, we can hug and we can mourn. We can do loads of stuff. But even as we do all those things, we have actually been made for one main purpose, our foremost purpose. To glorify God and enjoy him 
forever. Now, the American Baptist pastor John Piper says this about the first question and answer to the Shorter Catechism. I think this is helpful. He wonders about the word and in there. He says glorify and enjoy. He says, is that like ham and eggs? Sometimes we enjoy and sometimes we glorify. Piper knows that's not really what is meant, but he adjusts the answer. He says, our foremost purpose in life is to glorify God by enjoying him forever. Do you see the difference? To glorify God by enjoying him forever. It's really interesting. If we have been made by God to glorify him, then of course, doing the thing we've been made for will give us joy. We will enjoy glorifying God. The ancient church father Augustine put it this way. He said, he said, Lord, you have made us for yourself and our heart is restless until it finds its rest in you. Our heart is restless until it finds its rest in God. I think that's quite profound. I think it's really helpful to realise that for us in life, if what we're seeking is happiness and joy and fulfilment. God has made us for himself. He has made us for his glory. And so we will be restless until we do the thing that we have been made for. We live a life that glorifies God. Piper says that not only will we find peace and rest, but we will find enjoyment. We will find happiness. Now, many of you know this already, but it's good to be reminded. It's good to be reminded in, in a, the time of year when there's hecticness kind of around us, isn't there? In the midst of all the busyness that September brings and a, a full sheet of church announcements, it's good to come to God and to realise or remember that in Him and in Him alone we find rest and joy. Now, of course, you know as well as I do that sin is a barrier to that. Sin is a it's something that gets in the way of us glorifying God. It, it gets in the way of us enjoying God. Boys and girls, you know this. You know that whenever you do something wrong, whenever you sin, you, you feel guilty, don't you? You feel grimy. You feel sorry for what you've done. Sin stops us from glorifying God as we're created to do. But isn't that where the good news of Jesus comes in? God sent Jesus so that you and I could fulfill our created purpose of glorifying and enjoying him. That's why we often talk, as Christians, we often talk about being born again. Or we speak about a Christian as a new creation. When we trust in Jesus, our sin is removed from us, we are forgiven and we are made new. We are recreated to glorify God and enjoy him forever. 
Let me remind you what we read from Ephesians a few minutes ago about the Christian life. Think about how this applies to us. Ephesians 2 verse 10. For we are his workmanship. Do you hear the echoes of Psalm 8 there? Handiwork of God, God's workmanship. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God, in his grace, has given us all we need to be the people we were created to be. To fulfill our destiny, if you like. God has given us everything we need to fulfill our created purpose of glorifying and enjoying him forever. He has given his son to save us. He has given us his word to guide us. He's given us the church to support us. And he has prepared good works for us to do. All we have to do is make use of what God has given. We need to trust in his son. We need to read and obey his word. We need to serve and worship with the church. And we need to keep an eye out each and every day for those good works that God has laid before us. Amazingly, when we make use of the things that God has given us, we will glorify him and we will enjoy it. I want to try and wrap things up. And as I do so, I want to share an insight from Scottish minister David Robertson. David Robertson is writing about the film Chariots of Fire. I don't know if any of you have seen the movie Chariots of Fire. Um, if you haven't seen it, you probably should. It's a very, very good film. You'll know the music. Dum, 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 dum. You know that movie I'm talking about now? You see them running along the beach. Please do see it. It's a really, really good movie. It's about a runner, a Scottish man called Eric Little. And he was incredibly fast. He was kind of world championship kind of speed. He refused to compete on a Sunday in the Olympics because he was a Christian and he wouldn't dishonor God and his commandments. A great example to us. But he, he was, of course, able to compete on the other days. And in one scene in the movie, his sister is worried that, that he's forgetting that he has had a, a call to missionary service and missionary work in China. Well, in this scene, he tells her that while he's still supportive of the work, he needs to take a break from that and prepare for the race in the Olympics. Why? Well, this is what he says. He says, I believe God made me for a purpose. But he also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. When I run, I feel his pleasure. You see, friends, when we live for God, when we seek his will and live for his glory, we feel his pleasure. It brings us joy. Isn't it wonderful to know that God has made us to find joy in the very thing he has created us to do? And so as we begin this new term, please take this lesson from the, the first question and answer of the Shorter Catechism. 
to live a life of glory to God by enjoying him forever. God has given us everything we need, but we must make use of them. Trust in his son. Read and obey his word. Serve and worship with the church. And do those good works which lie before us each day. So that in all things, whether you eat or whether you drink, do it all to the glory of God. Amazingly, when we make use of the things that God has given us, we will glorify him and we will enjoy it. Let us pray together.